What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 193, back after a holiday hiatus. Uh, didn't intend to necessarily take it, but scheduling and, and everything, and y'all know how it goes. Holiday season, crazy busy. That's why most podcasts just do, like, uh, best ofs or omnibuses or whatever it is uh, during that time of year. But... Um, we're just two guys. We don't have a team working behind us, so it wasn't really an option with work and everything. So we're here right. now, though. Episode 193. Uh, we're going to start off with, uh, obviously, what's been on the uh, mind of most NFL fans and a lot of people who aren't even NFL fans, as you said before we started recording. Uh, DeMar Hamlin of the Bills. For the, for the three of you out there that don't know what happened, uh, Monday night, was playing the uh, Bills or playing the Bengals. Highly anticipated game. I haven't watched a lot of Monday Night Football as the Patriots weren't involved because I'm usually busy Monday nights with work. I actually made sure I was able to watch this, had my computer out. Started about, oh, God, I didn't I didn't start watching the game, but I, 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 I tuned in after the situation had already happened. Uh, and I just see that it's delayed. So I'm thinking, Storm, okay. And then you hear everybody talking with somber voices, and I'm like, oh, damn, what happened? And then you find out that during what I thought, and, and screw Bart Scott, he's a moron. Um, what I thought was a very routine play. Nothing wrong by Hamlin, nothing wrong by Higgins. Just a routine play, things happen. Uh, DeMar Hamlin tackled Higgins on a reception. Stood up and then almost immediately fell back down. And from what we're told from medical personnel, went into cardiac arrest. And we're told that the Bills staff, was it Bills or the Bengals staff? Bills. It was the Bills staff, yeah. Um... Because a lot of times in medical situations, the teams will help each other out. Right. Um, but Bill's staff actually administered CPR on the field, and we were told later on that that definitely saved his life. He would have died on the field if not for the CPR. So um, good news now, several days later, he's awake in the hospital, breathing tube has been taken out. He's talking to family. He was in critical condition for several days. Um, very scary situation. This is a young guy. Uh, does not appear to be any sort of foul play or anything at all. No, like, failed drug tests, nothing else that could have been case, no known pre-existing conditions that I know of right now. A very, very fluke thing. Uh, and thankfully, it looks like he's going to be, he's going to pull through. I don't want to say okay, because, number one, that's going to mentally stay with you for a while. And, and number two, uh, we don't know his medical condition currently all the way through, so we're not going to say, oh, he's fine, whatever, who knows. Hopefully he will be, uh, and at this point, it's nothing to do with football on or off the field. It uh, you know on the field, it's just this kid live a decent life, normal life. He's gonna be looks like he's gonna pull through just fine. So that that's the that's the good part. The game is secondary. Um, but yeah, man, like you said, never seen anything like that before, and never want to see it again. That was that was awful, and um. <clears throat> There's obviously repercussions the NFL has had to deal with on the field, uh, which, you know, as, as we all said, we're secondary to this this young guy's safety and well-being. And everybody, all 32 teams, you know, um, putting up memorials, not memorials for him, but uh, tributes to him and, um, you know, well wishes to him on their, their scoreboards. And uh, very, very nice to see uh, all different fan bases and teams kind of put the game aside especially during this time of year when everything is so intense and uh, coming together for something that's much bigger than football, obviously somebody's personal safety. 
and uh, a, a really fluke thing, and it was really scary, and nobody knew how to deal with it because they'd never seen it before. And like you said, ho- hopefully never see it again because that was that was that was something, man. It, it it was it was way past the game, way past the game. But um, best wishes to Demar and, and hope he keeps recovering and um, just yeah, keep going, man. Stay strong. Yeah, I don't know if I can add too much more to what you said. I think you kind of encompass it, you know, 100% correctly. Um, the ancillary stuff, you know, the chitter-chatter on on the internet or talk shows. I, need, I think you need to push that aside. You know, there have been a few things over the past few days that ca- caused a little uh, issues that I don't want to get into because I want to keep this about um damar uh as uh as shannon sharp said a few uh, like it was a few days ago he, he wants the conversation to be about damar yeah. not yep. anything else yep. so focus on that his health hopefully he gets better whether his football career continues next year that's secondary um i think every day everyone looks and sees what progress he has and you hope you see something that says, hey, he's walked out of the hospital. Hey, mm-hmm. he's done this. So every time I see something, you know, where it's in a positive direction, I like to I like to think that eventually he's going to step back on that field. Um, I like what the Bills are doing. They're doing a little patch for him on their jerseys mm-hmm. uh, to kind of know, know that he's with them. Um, game situation, I wasn't actually watching. Uh I got a text from my buddy, and he's just like, something happened. And he was just in shock. Didn't really get into it, so I'm like, huh. Yeah. He really, when he texted me, it's like, usually it's something crazy happened. But when I turned it on, and all of a sudden it's this, what I'm watching, I was like, what did I miss? So I'm looking around, and I saw it, and it's The routine play? I think it's a routine play. Yeah. I just think maybe he got hit in the right spot. And that's just happened. Fluke. Maybe they'll find something in his medicals that this will be a, uh, believe it or not, this will be a positive for him down the road because they identified something that maybe got missed or wouldn't have thought a, a young 20 year old kid would have. So, and maybe Hopefully. maybe somebody else might have the same issue down the road, and they'll check for something now. And he could he just could prevent some like this from happening again to somebody else, which yeah, uh, yeah. silver lining to a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I like how the ninety eight percent of the world came together in this. I wish it was a hundred percent, but you, you, no matter what situation we get into, there's always going to be those outliers and. If you know what I'm talking about, you've seen it over the past few days. There's a couple outliers, and you just don't want to see that. Um, but whether it's in the sports world or outside the sports world, it's it's just it, everyone has come together in, in agreement yeah. um, on this situation and how it's just shocked a lot of people, and it's just not something you expect to happen. You expect injuries, yeah, uh, yep. ca- catastrophic injuries. But just to see that, you just don't expect someone to literally just drop. 
And that, uh, that's the scariest part because, like we said, you know, the tackle occurred. Looked like a routine tackle. He stood right up. Yep. And then just right down. Just fell. I, 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 too, I, you know, it was weird. I wanted to see what happened because I kept hearing from some of the loudmouths um, that wanted to just get clicks. And shame on you for that because we're not talking about liking or dislike. We're not talking about a Max Kellerman refusing to acknowledge Tom Brady. That's stupid enough, but that's stupid within the sports world context. We're talking about a dude's life and legitimately being at risk of dying on the field. Uh, and that that is a whole different ballgame. And shame on you for using that to try to get clicks and likes and downloads. And if you did that, you can go straight to hell and I'll die on that hill. Um, <clears throat> but just to see, like, injuries are bad enough when it happens. But then just to see a dude who, like you said, this dude's in, in great shape, young guy, uh, healthy, these guys are tested on, uh, you know, before and after every game. Like they're 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 observed medically. Like this isn't like, oh, you showed up for the game, you're just in, you're fine. Like they have to still right. have past physicals and all this stuff. And for something like that to happen, some fluke thing like that to happen, it's just crazy. And and to try to find someone to blame for it to kind of promote your own show is um is very is very unfortunate. And um, those people should all be gathered up and. Uh, you know, put on a rocket ship and fire it off in the space to start their own colony of a, on a stupider planet somewhere else. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just it's good to see. Like you said, wake up every day, see positive, more positive on his on his uh, condition, and he's talking to family and he's awake and the breathing tubes out. And it, it, I haven't actually seen him downgraded from critical condition, but I would assume he is if those things are occurring. So I, I don't want to say that if uh, he isn't out of critical condition, but at least there's positive progress so that's that's a good sign yep just keep sending positive vibes to uh-huh well and, and just remember we, as much as we love this game of football it is just a game and that's a, yeah. that's, a, that's a real person and it's a real human life and that's 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 more important so yep all right on to something so, a little a little a little less somber from the the real life perspective maybe a little more somber from the on-field perspective for for ben here uh Michigan came close, man. They had a great season, got a great future. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they just, again, I think this is the case of having that three-week to a month layoff just bit a team that was rolling right in the ass. It happens every year. And not taking nothing away from TCU, not not saying they couldn't have done it without it, but it's just you see it, and you just wonder how these games will play out if they just played the following week after a one-week bye instead of these three-, four-week layoffs between the end of the season and – the playoff games. I don't like it for any team. And, uh, but you know, nothing to be ashamed of. Your guys came from not being ranked or really, I mean, they had a, no, they, they were, they were highly, but they weren't nobody. I don't know many people who really thought Michigan would be a, a, a top three team, top five team going into the season, but they played well above what I think the expectation level was. And, and they proved it was yeah. consistent. It wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Uh, so, they got beat by a team that played really well that day. It happens. Um, we all remember Super Bowl Forty Two. Yes. Yes. Uh, so uh, things happen, and um, I'll I'll cede here and let Ben let Ben give his uh, his eulogy for the season for his, his team here. I, w- I want to preface this by saying TCU played. They deserve to win that game. They played better on that day. An unranked team to start the season who lost their starting quarterback at the beginning of the season 
And the guy that came in who was a starter before uh, was a, was the fine, uh, runner up to the Heisman Trophy Award. So, with all that said, I agree giving them three, three and a half weeks to diagnose how they want to attack the run game of the Michigan Wolverines, how they wanted to diagnose how to attack the defense of the Michigan Wolverines did absolutely help. Absolutely help. When TCU ran the ball better than Michigan for the majority of the game, that's a problem. That's number one, Chris. Number two, you can't – they lost by six. You can't lose – you can't expect to win a game if you throw two, not one, two pick sixes. And on two goal line situations, you go four and out and you fumble on two different situations. And one of them, Chris, this kind of hurts me a little bit more because this is a play that actually uh, helped the team against the Patriots. The old Philly special. I don't know if you saw it, Chris. It was fourth and goal, and it just it no. was it was over before that the snap of the ball. Let's put it that way. Um, and it was I, I don't understand it. Uh, a lot of this is scheme uh, as far as how they schemed to attack the TCU defense. I'm not going to go into the minutiae of it because I've watched a lot of content over the past few days and I could expound on that, but that would take us like three hours and I don't want to do that (laughs) to you. Um, And would have having Blake Corum helped absolutely two stud running backs help over having one stud running back when most of the year you're running with two running backs. Absolutely. It would have helped. Um, you have a mobile quarterback and for the first half, you don't really run them. That's, that's something they're going to look at and say, we need to expand that because JJ McCarthy is an exceptional talent and he's a mobile quarterback. And he's the reason part of the reason why they, you know, they were behind because he threw two, two pick sixes, but he is overwhelmingly the reason why they were able to stick with them. Uh, his arm talent, uh, the accuracy on his balls, and his mobility. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I look at this team for the future. I'm going to put it this in the past. Thank you, TCU. You opened, hopefully, the Michigan coaching staff's eyes up to evolving the offense to be more attack down the field balanced on run and pass because a lot of the year we were very much run heavy. Hey, if it works, it works great. But when you go, go up against a team, that's top, top four, you got to have all the, you got to have everything in yeah. your basket. Cause you'd never know what ain't going to work. Um, the future is bright. We're going to lose some people to transfers to lose people, to the NFL draft, but Donovan Edwards is back. That's the running back that started for Blake Corum. J.J. McCarthy's back. Offensive line's going to stay stay uh, pretty much intact. Few few replacements. Defense is going to be pretty much intact. Uh, hopefully, these Jim Harbaugh rumors to the NFL can die off 
Um, he didn't put it out, but he pretty much said, unless he gets a Godfather offer. I was going to say, what motivation would he have to leave now? He's in a great, he's in a great program that now he's actually getting credit for, for doing well. I mean, for the first, I could see this three years ago yeah. when people weren't high on him, but he's turned Plus, it around. I, I think it's the, the, the Super Bowl is kind of like the, the thing that's holding over his head a little bit, but uh, as far as college success, yeah, he he's got everything he needs. Um, the quarterback, the running back, he's got a nice stable wide receivers, talent coming in, talent transfer talent is an underrated scenario where you had the the Remington Award, which is the center, the best center in the in, in a, NCAA football transfer from Virginia, Virginia. Yeah. Virginia and anchored your offensive line. That was a four year starter at Virginia. And he came as a grad transfer and anchored your offensive line when your offensive line was already great as it was. It just got better. So things like that hold promise for the future. And I like the staff that's in place. I like Jim Harbaugh and what he's doing. I like the direction they're going. Just keep opening this kid up. Keep opening him up. And before you know it, Chris, maybe next year, maybe the year after, you'll be looking at J.J. McCarthy as possibly a top five draft pick. Mm. And and any team that gets him, if he develops the right way, they'll have a stud. So hopefully, not, hopefully not the Jets for his sake. Uh, if he goes to the Jets, we already know what's going to happen. <laughs> Look what what they've done with everything else. Um, good luck to TCU. Good luck to Georgia. Georgia narrowly, narrowly escaped a fifty-yard shank field goal, albeit a college kicker, um, away from losing to Ohio state. And then I'd have to deal with Ohio state in the national championship game. Um, but Georgia looks like they potentially could repeat back to back, which is crazy, but has TCU ever won a national title before? I don't this would so. be the first one. Yeah. It's always uh, cool to see too. Yeah. Uh, Georgia's rolling though. Uh, if I had to give a prediction for Monday, because it's this Monday, the national championship, I would lean Georgia just because Stenson Bennett is really on fire. Um, they got the two tight end set, Brock Bowers, and I think his name's Washington. Really, really talented guys. Defense is solid, not great. I just like what they're what the way they're playing. However, TCU, they got that it factor. Max Duggan, there's something about him. He didn't play great, Chris, I'll tell you that. But he made the plays that he needed to play. And me didn't make, I'm sorry. Stat-wise, he was terrible. But when a play needed to be made, he made it. So it should be a fun national championship, I'll say that. There you go. I usually don't usually watch a whole lot of college football, but I'll definitely be tuning in here and there to see what's going on in that game because I always I like championship games of any nature. I don't know. It's everybody's worked so hard. It's a culmination of everything. It's always fun to see. Um, 
And you're yeah. definitely gonna you're gonna definitely gonna see some draft prospects there, though. Oh, I Georgia. bet. Yeah, absolutely. I bet Georgia yeah. alone. You know. Oh, <laughs> fun fact, Chris. What's that? One of the, um, so TCU has the top two corners. One is, uh, one one won the Thorpe Award. The other one is really really good. Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew. Oh no kidding. Yes. Right, runs in the family. Yeah. Uh, full full disclosure. Uh, it was it was odd. I don't know what happened or why I thought this, but I saw the Michigan score. Obviously, <clears throat> that was earlier in the day, and the uh, Ohio State Georgia game was later on in the day at night. And for whatever reason, I checked the score, and Georgia was up by a bit. And I looked at the final, and I could have sworn it said Ohio State had won. So I was like, "Oh damn!" But I knew Michigan already lost. I didn't bother texting you because I'm like, "Ah, he's already he's already uh, having a rough day." So for like four days, I went around thinking that Ohio State had won and they were facing TCU in the championship. And then I saw the scores again. And I did a double take. I'm like, "What kind of Mandela effect nonsense is this?" I mean, I, I swear to God, I saw that Ohio State had won. It was like it was like it was like fifty two to forty eight or something. I saw they won. But not only is that not possible, if a field goal would have won, it couldn't have only it couldn't have been a four point difference. I don't know what the hell I was looking at. I was looking at something way different, I guess. And uh, either way, glad to glad to hear it wasn't OSU that came through. Um, <laughs> especially if Michigan didn't make it. But uh, probably makes it a little bit more palatable knowing that they're not going to be there either. And they, they play again now, right? Do oh. they play each other? There's no uh, consolation game. Oh, okay. No, no, that's it. But. That's um, it. Yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine how it would have been if it was Michigan Ohio State in the championship? My God, Chris, the, the ratings for Fox Sports for the game this year were some of the highest. Oh yeah, it would have been off off the charts. And I know off that the charts. That's always a big game, regardless of standing. Mm-hmm. If each team was one in seven or one in ten when they met each other, it'd still be a huge game just because of the rivalry. Yeah. Uh, both teams are usually extraordinarily good, though, so it's not usually the case. But I mean, it was—I know this, this especially this year's game had something riding on it. it was for the the conference or a spot in the conference championship and mm-hmm. and all this. And more than likely, it appeared at the time that whoever won would be the only one of the two that were considered for the national uh, for the, not national title game for the uh, playoffs. Right. Obviously, it turned out differently. But uh, you just imagine the hype if there was if it was that much if it was everything on the line for one game between those two teams that would have been my god man they would have been turning people away at the door. <laughs> All right, we're not gonna get into, into baseball or anything this week. Um, there's uh, it, more of the same. Uh, Carlos Correa still can't find a home. Um, uh, the Red Sox did attempt to placate us by losing everybody else the past couple of years by signing Devers, which is nice, and it's good, and it helps. And I'm, I'm really glad they did because I love Devers. But um, we'll talk more about that in later weeks uh, as yeah. the teams, teams start to shake out more with pitchers and catchers reporting relatively soon. Uh, we'll have more baseball. But uh, this is week 18. We're heading to new now. Still feels weird to say that for the NFL. Um, and there are a couple of playoff spots still open, and there's certain scenarios for each team, and you said you had the uh, the list of that. Yeah, of- there's literally two spots open, one on each the the number seven seed in each conference is available. Well, we don't know who's going to win the South either. Whoever wins the Titans. Oh, you're right. You're right. Jags I'm sorry. Game I'm sorry. Win, you're right. So three spots. Three spots. Then you're right. Three spots uh, are available. The South, 
the seven seed for AFC and then the seven seed for the NFC. So, and, and there's rankings that are like seeding is still up in the air a little bit, but um, I mean, do you want to start with just the overall or do you want to start with the, the scenario that we have to dive into for the Bengals and Buffalo. That's probably the most complicated. Everything else is, uh, by, by playoff seeding standards, fairly straightforward. So let, let's start off with that because while we stated um, that obviously, have- obviously the most important thing is DeMar Hamlin doing fine and, and recovering and, and it's way bigger than the game, there is still the game aspect of it that had to be figured out. Because there is an entire multi-billion-dollar league that's running, and has to stay running, and some decisions had to be made that were uh, not suitable for everyone. Let's just say that. So, well, not to cut you off, but wanted to set the table for you there. Yeah, no, I, I, I got you. Um... <laughs> so we're starting with the Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo, Kansas City, Bengals, fiasco. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Let's go there. So we have three scenarios, all right? Um, because of what happened last week, again, I know Chris literally just said it, and we said it from the beginning of the show, but if you're a Bengals fan, you're a Bills fan, or you're a Chiefs fan, I can understand the complaints. However, just remember, and I think it's more the Bengals fans that are kind of and the Bengals players, for that matter, are, chirp- are chirping a little bit. Let's just remember why we're in this situation. Let's have a little bit of understanding and kind of just, yeah. hey, if 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 there is a situation where you're going to take the L, this is the situation where you're going to take the L. And let's be honest. Uh, all three teams, you're in the playoffs. So why don't you just go ahead and – and go out there on Sunday or Saturday, whenever you play, and win the game. That's all I'm going to say yep. to that. All yep. right. Um, scenario one, Buffalo and Kansas City both win or both tie. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be a neutral site. Again, the scenario is, Chris, Buffalo and Kansas City both meet in the championship game. Okay? So if that doesn't happen, guess what? It doesn't happen. If Buffalo makes it and Kansas City doesn't, then I'm assuming Buffalo is uh, it's is the winner, um, and they'll host a site. But it's it's scenarios. Um, number, scenario number two: Buffalo and Kansas City both lose, and Baltimore wins or ties. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be then again a neutral site. Uh, the complication has come with the Ravens and the and the the Bengals because. The Ravens beat the Bengals already. If the ba- Ravens beat the Bengals, then they're two and zero. Oh, but by percentages, the debate is the Cincinnati would be higher. Yeah. Which, if you look at Cincinnati's it, Cincinnati's actually already won the division. Yeah. Well. No, that NFL released that because because of the situation. Oh yes, yeah, yes, yes. Because of the situation, right, right. they've already declared them yeah. champions of the division. Which right. everything got thrown out of whack. <laughs> And by the way, again, I read I read this before, and, and I'm still getting thrown off by it. Oh yeah. By the way, so yeah. So if you're out there listening and you don't understand, you're fine. It's not you. Um, again, as we stated, and I, 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 at some point we'll stop 
you know, qualifying this, but Demar Hamlin's health and safety is, is, is primary. But from the football standpoint, fantasy seasons and a lot of money and bets were won and lost by yeah. that game not being finished. Yep. And that's not saying it's wrong. It's understandable. You can't go out there and play that game again. Nobody should be expected to go out there and continue to play after that happened. It's just a a a a, a, a effect of the decisions that were made. They had to be made. Um, but yeah, I know me. Joe Burrow was my fantasy quarterback, and I wasn't. <clears throat> I wasn't in a championship or anything. It was just a consolation ladder game. I got knocked out a couple weeks ago right. in my twelve team league. But I mean, <laughs> it was like that's just gone. Like it's not there. So if you, yep. you got a bunch of people who played all season and uh, you're in a championship and that's your quarterback and you need 15 points heading into the championship week and all of a sudden, oh, that game just canceled now. It's like, oh, man, Ooh, that's, you know, that's that's an off-the-field aspect of it, but it's just, just a, you know, obviously uh, if I was in that championship and end up losing because of that, it wouldn't. You know, it'd be under, I'd be understand. I'd understand it. I'd be disappointed, but I'd get it because you can't. Yeah, these guys make a lot of money, and uh, I do find it funny that they're all still, you know, complaining about outcomes and this and that. It's like it's an unprecedented situation. Maybe the NFL can address if something like this happens again in the offseason when they're doing, you know, when they're all the committees meet and and the owners meet and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. they had to make the best decision they could on the fly, and. Yep. I can't fault them for anything they decided to do. They should have stopped the game, suspended the game. Uh, it's the end of the year. They can't. They can't say to these guys, "Hey, you know, you want to play on your bye week? We'll make it up. Whatever." It, it, they can't. It's going in week eighteen. It's the only thing they could do. So they did what they had to. And as much as I love dumping on and disagreeing with Roger Goodell, and believe me, it's one of my favorite pastimes. The only thing I enjoy more is making fun of that. Uh, that that that. that Alleged commissioner in Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred. Yeah. Um, they made the right call. They handled it right. So, bitch if you want, but it is what it is. And scenario three, Chris. Can, uh, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose. Cincinnati wins. A Buffalo or a Cincinnati versus Kansas City chi- chi- uh, Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. So, and then it goes into why Baltimore... And what happens if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati? It, 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 basically, I'll put it to you like this, everyone. All right? The Chiefs can do us a huge favor and just win. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. and that partly <clears throat> will resolve the situation. Basically, it's just the imbalance of the Bills and the Bengals having played one less game is, is causing this to flux. Yeah. Now, however, Chris, in the playoffs – Playoffs. Obviously, the Chiefs can't lose the wild card if they if they if they get number one seed. They can't lose in the first round, but if they don't make it to the championship game, and Buffalo and Cincinnati both win, I think it's just the standard. Yeah, it's just a standard uh, scheduling uh, situation. I think. Um. I'm still not clear on how the Chiefs are affected by any of it. I mean, I know what you just said, but they're, I mean, like, but the Bills and Bengals played the game, not the Chiefs. And now the Chiefs, yeah, it's like, oh, well. It's, it's the imbalance is what they're trying to say. I get it, Chris. I get it. It, it shouldn't. But 
realistically, in my opinion, Kansas City wins their 14 and three. There's no way anyone else can match them. Right. So as long as Kansas City wins their the th- first game and they go to the uh, championship uh, game, they have the home site. That would be my opinion. Does it suck for Cincinnati and, and Buffalo? Yes, it does. Guess what? We're in this situation. Yeah. Go out and win your wild card game. Yep. Then go out and win your semifinal game and then go out and win the championship game. Because guess what? You're going to play a neutral site in the Super Bowl anyway. Yeah. So yeah. kind of just own that and say and, and ride that. Uh, the Bengals already won it. And the, the Bills... If we were talking like two, th- when we were talking like three, four weeks ago about the Bills and how they need to take that next step, if they lost, and I mean, when I mean lose, I mean lose in the playoffs, I don't think I'm going to hold this situation the same as previous years because they do have that lingering thought of, of their teammate is, sure. is yeah. not there. So, of course, when we speak about the Bills this offseason, if they don't win the Super Bowl, I don't think, in my opinion, yeah. They're, it's going to be on that same level of, well, they haven't taken that next step. Now, I think this – I think you can allow for a little human reaction to sure, losing a teammate on the field with that kind of situation. So, I, if I'm the teams – if I'm the Bengals and I'm, I'm, I'm crying about this, just go out and win your game. Go out yeah. and beat the – go out and beat the Ravens because you need to beat them anyway because – you want to beat them every each and every year. Uh, two for for seeding purposes as best you can, and three, you want to ride hot into the, to the playoffs. So go out, and win that game, and then go out, and win your other games. Ride to the Super Bowl and actually prove that you are who you are. Because if you fumble in the first round of the playoff, then it could just be uh, you were a fluke last year. So go out and prove it. Because I think that's what they are. They are a high caliber team contender each year but you go out you got to be consistent and you got to show it each and every year yep i think that puts a bow on the controversy that is this situation um i i would like to point out chris uh, i think you remember me discussing this at the beginning of the season that any four of these teams could win this division oh yeah 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 yep. and where are we at right now we are at the uh, <laughs> situation where the once lowly Jaguars and the once in firm command of the division Tennessee Titans will be playing. Is that t- is that today? Is that a game today or is that tomorrow afternoon? That I'm is not sure. tonight, That's sir. Tonight. That's a night game. Okay. That is 8-15. Okay, so it might even happen after you hear this already, depending on when you listen. But, yeah, the Jaguars and the Titans will play for the NF- uh, NFC South. They could probably could play for the NFC South, too. But, uh the AFC South, and I gotta say, I'm pulling for the Jags, man. I am too. It's a great story. The Titans, look, the Titans had it. They let it slip. They 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 let AJ Brown go. They obviously cannot. <laughs> they pay, they let AJ Brown go after they paid Ryan Tannehill all that money a few years previously. Yep. Uh, I understand they're resigning Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. uh, but it's getting to the point now where even Derrick Henry can't be Derrick Henry because there's really not much of a passing threat at all. You don't have an AJ Brown, nope, to like take the heat off of him. So, I mean, Henry's still, you know, he's still a beast, but you only do so much if you got 10 guys stacked in a box against you every freaking play. And you notice who lost his job before the season ended? Daniel. No, right? no. I mean, the GM. 
Oh, remember the, the GM oh, of the Titans yeah, got right. fired? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought it was weird at the time, but direct cause, direct cause and effect of trading AJ Brown. Yep. You lost your job. Yep. And you know what that means? Mike Vrabel is pretty much in control of this team. Which, not the Which, worst place they could be. Nope. And I, I'm guessing he would have kept AJ Brown. Oh but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just interesting. I, I don't want to be to my own horn, but yeah, I, I pretty much thought like this. I didn't, I don't remember who I picked. I'm pretty sure I picked probably the Titans at the time so. or the Colts, but any four of these yeah. teams could. I, I thought the Colts were going to be a good team. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, Wait till even they get Derek Carr next year. Even though Houston's two and 13 and one, I there is a world where they could have had a, similar kind of run like the Jags are where they won a few games that they didn't, that they lost and they could be in the situation. However, look, the Jags, they have uh, what seems to be a good structure in place, a positive atmosphere, not some dipshit running the show, Mr. Irby Meyer. Uh, And Trevor Lawrence is starting to show that. Yeah. Yeah. He might be that generational talent. I don't know. I thought he'd be good. Uh, I don't want to spike the ball on my predictions for the quarterbacks from the 20. Was that 2020? Yeah, I believe. So. Yeah, because I was. No. 2021. 2021. Yeah. So um, I'm going to st- you know, wait on that. Well, uh, just because he isn't a generational talent doesn't mean he isn't a really solid quarterback. We're starting right. to show that too. So. Right. You're right. Uh, I just don't want to go Daniel Jones again. No? Yeah, for, yeah, we better. Go, you know. yeah. <laughs> Wishy-washy. Wishy-washy. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so, with the seven seed, Chris, where where do you see this washing out? Uh, it's so hard because, you know, I, it depends. I, I said it before, and I, me- I remember – I texted you a couple games ago, and Mac mm-hmm. just looked awful, awful in the first half. And I said, maybe it's time to put Zappy back in. Uh, maybe give him a shot. If Mac doesn't have it mentally, if he can't handle not being able to be frustrated 24-7, because I think it was, who was it? Was it, um, which former Patriot was it who criticized him? Vince? Was it Vince? Well, yeah, I think it was. And I agree 100%. You can't be frustrated in every play. You're the leader of the team. You have to be calm. You can You can show emotion. Brady, guys like Brady knew how to get the team fired up. It wasn't just for Brady's sake. It was to get the team fired up, and it worked. I remember games when the offense looked dead, and Brady would walk up to a defensive lineman and get a 15-yard penalty, and all of a sudden the offensive lineman jump up because they're defending their guy, and all the whole offense is into it, and then they go on to win the game because he knew how to get his team fired up. Max just getting frustrated at coaching, and it's getting in his own head, and it's not working. But... I have also seen some good things. One of the biggest things with young quarterbacks is bad throws making mistakes. I saw mm-hmm. last week in that uh, in that Dolphins game, there was a couple times he was going down, he was going to get sacked, and he went to pull his arm back to throw it while he was in the grasp. And instead of doing that, he, he decided, tuck the ball back in. Tuck it back in. Don't take the chance of making a throw. Don't take a chance of having to call somebody's foot and get intercepted because that's the problem he's had. He's thrown bad picks because he tries yep. throwing under pressure, and it doesn't work. Just hold on to it, take the sack, live the flight another day. He did yep. that. 
can't remember the exact situation, but there's another situation later on in the game where it was another another mental thing. And I like it wasn't a big play. It would never show up on the stat sheet, but it was something I noticed about him. And I'm like, this kid's got it upstairs. He just has to get out of his own way. Mm-hmm. How good he'll be, who knows? But and the thing is, this offense can refuses to do things that work. When something works, they just stop doing it. I don't get it. Like, they'll be throwing downfield to Devontae Parker. They'll be doing this. They'll be doing that. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, we're getting inside the five-yard line. Let's just run up the middle three times and kick a field goal. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. When you have speedsters like Tyquan Thornton and Kendrick Bourne, this team is not as slow as it was last year. They have the they have the speed to do make some of these plays happen. Two extremely good running backs with Stevenson and Harris. And he, hell, even even the other Harris is, is showed pretty good when he when he yep. uh, when he had the chance to in that Cardinals game. He was phenomenal. Um, this team, it sounds funny. This team can beat the Bills. Yes. They they know how to do it. They have they have the game plan to do it. Personnel wise, just straight up pure offensive talent. They don't stack up. But there's a marketable drop off from the top of the Bills offensive skill board being Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen. And Gabe Davis is a really nice player, and they have a good tight end, and they have a decent line, and the running game isn't great, but it's all right. Well, Josh Allen's the running game. Well, Josh Allen is, yeah. Well, so, yeah, Josh Allen running game is great. The actual running backs aren't all right. Josh Allen's phenomenal, but um, I, I love my team, and I want to see them do it. Um, I don't think they go into Buffalo and beat them. I don't think it happens. Not in this situation. The Bills are going to be playing with every bit of emotion they can. It's going to be, it's literally going to be an atmosphere like we have never seen before. And it'll be a positive atmosphere because it's going to be, you know, and in, in keeping, you know, DeMar Hamlin, everybody's thoughts and, and, and honoring, you know, him getting well and all that stuff. And, and I'm, I'm all for that. Rival or not, I don't care. Um, But I just, I don't, this team hasn't shown me they have the killer instinct. The Patriots, they haven't. This, how many late game one possession losses does this team have? Or at least it turned around in the last couple of minutes to the point where it got out of hand. They should have beat Baltimore. They should have beat Minnesota. Uh, they could have beat Miami the first time. Uh, they should have beat Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. But apparently mm-hmm. refs decide that four defensive linemen holding up Ramondre Stevenson for 10 seconds is not, you know, forward progress being stopped. But, you know, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. can be still running and they mm-hmm. lose the ball and it's not. But whatever, I digress. Yep. Um, shitty officiating uh, all around the league this year. Um, Green Bay could have been. I mean, it's Green a, Bay could it's have a, been. It's a shitty situation, but I, I, I'll circle this back to the the grand issue with the Patriots' offense, Chris. All right, the Green Bay game back all the way in Week Four, where they lost like three points in overtime. If you let Bailey kind of open it up. Maybe you win that game. Yeah. And what I mean by tying this into the overarching issue is the same issue we have throughout the season. Inconsistent and and rhythm with the offense. Mm -hmm. And where does that stem from? It's, it's not Mac, which you can trash Mac for his stuff. All you want, which I agree with. I agree with Vince. I agree with what you said. 
but you don't get that if your play caller is oh, confident totally. and consistent totally. with his play calling. I agree. Do you do you think this would have I, I know I know how you feel about it. Do you think this kind of shit would happen with Josh McDaniels? And what I mean by shit, I mean the the whining, complaining, the basically back talking to uh Matt Patricia on the field. Do you think that happens with Josh? No, and I want to add as a caveat, I do not want McDaniels back. I'm just saying I agree with you. No, he would not. And I don't think it would happen. I, I have had more than enough problems with this guy, but it wouldn't happen with Bill O'Brien either. Interesting you bring up that name, Chris. Yeah. There are rumors that that uh Bill and uh when I say Bill, I mean Bill Belichick, uh and Nick Saban had sort of a handshake agreement that Bill O'Brien would stay in Tuscaloosa for one more year and maybe he would move on this offseason. So there may be at the end of the Patriots year when the new league start year starts that Matt Patricia slides into a different role and Joe Judge slides into a different role and in comes Bill O'Brien, whether you think he's shitty, whether you think he's controlling, or you think he's good. In my opinion, Chris, it's an upgrade from having no offensive mind running the offense. Because at least he has he'll have a rhythm to the offense. And he's from Al he, he's been coaching with Alabama for I think at least two years, if not more. Where did where did Mac Jones go to school? Alabama. Alabama. I don't know if they were there at the same time. Uh, I'd have to look at the kind of timeline, but at minimum, they both went, they were both at Alabama at some point. So they they have that connection. So I think if we look at this schedule overall, Chris, at least two games here, if not three games are lost by just the offensive coordinator just not being on the same page with his quarterback. And yeah. we, we, you've seen that happen. We've seen it happen with, with Tom and Bill O'Brien, Tom and, and Josh McDaniels, Tom and Charlie Weiss. Yep. But it gets squashed pretty quick though. Yeah. It gets squashed and Tom's talent overcomes it. Yeah. And, but Mac can't get there. If in the back of his head, he's questioning whether or not, the play call is going to be correct. Whether the play call is even for the situation that are in. Because you got to remember, what's the one thing Bill Belichick's all about? Situational football. Yep. And too many times we've seen just situational football not coming out to the forefront on offense. Defense isn't a problem, in no. my opinion. It ain't Defe a problem. The only time the defense has struggled is when the offense can't stay on the field and it's late in the game and the defense is exhausted. That's the only time they get taken. They get, I mean, with the exception of a few plays here and there. Yeah, the right. defense has been awesome. I can't zero complaints about them all year. Next man up has worked. They've they've played well. They've gotten some surprise performances out of out of late round draft picks. Uh, mm -hmm. Defense has been great. Who do you bring and, back? And Patricia and Joe Judge. Special teams and offense. I know Judge might be in charge of special teams anymore like he was, but those are the two guys that probably have the most influence over those, and it's the two areas that are struggling. Maybe so, stop stop recycling all your guys, dude. Stop. Well, well no, Joe Judge isn't over the uh, special teams. 
Oh, he isn't anymore? I thought he's, he was. He, no, no, they have some other kid. Uh, I don't remember his name. No, Joe Judge is the uh, quarterback's coach. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's why you always see Joe Judge sitting down with, with Mac Jones. I thought he was I thought he went back to the special no, teams. No, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. They got some other kid, which is why I was going to bring up the point. It's like you need to shift Matt Patricia in some other role and maybe slide Joe Judge back to um, the special teams coordinator because right now that kid isn't handling it. Yeah. That's, it's, that's been another problem all season. But um, if we can dig back into the overall scheme of because, you know, this is I don't want this to turn into the Patriots – uh, podcast, not just yet. Um, there's three teams that have are up for the seventh seven seed, Chris. So we got the, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. Patriots have the Bills, like, like you said, in in Buffalo. You have the Dolphins are playing, I believe, in nope, they're at home against the Jets, and then um, the Steelers have Cleveland. In Pittsburgh, who has who gets the number seven seed, Chris? Because if three they division, all lose, division games, huh? That's good. Yeah, if they all lose, it's the Patriots, right? Okay, because the Patriots. So the Patriots, if you don't know, have the tiebreaker over the Dolphins and the Steelers. The Dolphins have the tiebreaker over the Steelers. So, who who has the number seven seed? Patriots. Patriots. Okay. I think I think I think that's how you know, but I don't know if they'd be Buffalo. I don't think they do. It might surprise me. Hopefully they do. Uh they can. Whether they do or not, we'll see. Like you said earlier. Uh Browns and Steelers. Um I know everybody's after the last two weeks, Kenny Pickett's the next Patrick Mahomes, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um no, no, not Kenny Kid. He's played very well, but mm-hmm. let's be real. He's a rookie. Uh He's a rookie, and you're going to get good and bad performances, and this is a huge game. We'll see. Uh, maybe he's maybe he is made a steal, pun intended. Um, but we'll see. I don't think they beat the Browns. I think the Browns want to go in there and play spoiler really bad. Um, Watson hasn't looked great, and I'm sure he'd love to close it out on a good, on a good performance. And <clears throat> after – all the clowny comments this week. I'm sure the defense wants to go out there and, and play really well and, and shut down a division rival. And division games are always tough. So um, I think the Steelers lose. And the Dolphins, who knows what the quarterback situation is. It doesn't look like they're going to have Tua or Bridgewater. So they may go into this game with, uh, as far as I know, unless one of those guys has improved, uh, they're going to go in there with their third stringer. And the Jets are going to have Mike White, and they're going to have a chip on their shoulder because – they thought, and all the world thought, the way they were playing midseason, they were going to be a playoff team. And, you know, they lost Brees Hall, who was the main cog of that offense, which hurts. And, you know, that obviously put a damper on their plans. I I think they go in. You know, if two is playing, I think Dolphins Dolphins win it easily, and then Dolphins take the seventh seed. If Tua doesn't play, the Jets have a great chance of winning that game. And they're going to want to win that game, and they're going to want to play spoiler. And... uh People are like, oh, they're not going to want to win and help the Patriots. Well, they're not looking at it that way. They're looking at it as they want to win and take out the Dolphins. They want to make a statement against a good team in their division going into next season. Um, so I think I think there's a very, very good chance all three of those teams looking for the seventh seed lose. And uh, the Pats end up getting it, you know, kind of like falling into the seventh seed. Not a great way to do it considering you will then go against the best team that's not on by the following week. 
uh, which may end up being the Bills again, or the Chiefs, who they haven't played yet this year, or the Bengals, who they did and had every chance to beat. Um, so I still say it ends up being the Pats. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not optimistic about a long playoff run if it is. Uh, but they're my teams. I always support them. But we'll see. But yeah, the two remaining spots I think go to the Jags and the Pats. Uh, I agree on both, and I'll even double down with you. And all three teams will lose. Um, obviously the Jags can't lose, so the Jags will win. But uh, all three teams will lose. Um, Pats, Dolphins, and Steelers. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen, and the end result will be the Patriots backing into the playoffs and losing, getting blown out again. So yeah, getting blown out by the by by the Chiefs by forty points the following week or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll dig into the playoffs uh, when we actually have all the seedings, but that's what I think is going to happen. All right. We'll shift to the NFC, sir. So the number one seed is not resolved. And you would have thought a few weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, it's in the bag. Eagles got it. Yep. Because the hottest team in the NFL right now, Curtis, is – the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, by with, a mile. By a lot. With, with Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Well, got a Purdy mouth. Um, so, the Niners, uh, as long as they don't lose, okay, uh, they'll have the number two seed at minimum. Yep. They have the tiebreaker over Minnesota. So, they need the... Eagles to lose. Uh, I'm sure it's a division game, right? Probably. Eagles. Oh, the Giants. Mm. And Chris. Giants have played really the, well the last couple of weeks. If I'm the Giants, right now I'm slated against the Vikings at the three seed, if that stands true. If I lose and Seattle wins, Seattle jumps them. I want to ask real quick, is there a world where Brian Dayball does not win Coach of the Year? Yeah. You ready? Sean McDermott. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know about that. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I know a lot of emotion around that, but this is a team that was supposed to be exceptional anyways. I am quite aware. Uh, Actually, uh, uh, Siriano with the Eagles has a good shot, though. Oh, I, f- I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and one one could argue Kyle Shanahan's orchestration of uh, three different quarterbacks and, and riding Mister Irrelevant to the playoffs with the number two or number three or number one seed. I, uh, There's a lot there, Chris. I take nothing away from it, but yeah. this is a team that was expected to do good and went deep last year too. That's the only reason I wouldn't consider them. But yeah, it's got it's got for me it's Dayball personally because this was a team that was that could have just it's just as easily been a dumpster fire. There wasn't a whole lot of personal improvement. It was all coaching and game plan, and he's pulled it off. Right. So so I would say, Chris, the Giants are going to want to win this game, which is interesting because I don't know if I don't know if Jalen's going to play or not. And if Jalen doesn't play, that's a rough ask for him to to pull this 
pull this victory off so they can cement the first number one seed. Um, I think the Niners, the Niners are playing, oh, they're playing Arizona. So that is what it is. The Arizona Cardinals have turned into yet again, the dumpster fire. Good thing they locked uh, all those guys up though before the season. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Good thing. Uh, so before we get into the last uh, wild card spot, Chris, let me ask you right now: What are the number one, two, and three seeds of the NFC next week? Oh, uh, number one, <clears throat> two, and three seeds in the NFC. We go to the conference standings here. Um. I got to say, I got to say, I think it ends up, I think the Eagles still get the one seed. Okay. Uh, and I think, I think right now it, it stays as it appears now. I think it stays Eagles, Niners, Vikings. I'm going to counter that, Chris. I'm flip-flopping the Eagles and the Niners. Okay. My boy is confident in his Niners. I'm going to be confident with his Niners, too. Mostly because I need to root for someone. And uh, unfortunately, (laughs) my team is not. If they make a run, great. I will support them. Just like if Michigan makes a run and they're not looking good. That being said, if I want to pull for someone, I'm going to pull for a team that's on their third quarterback. Oh, yeah. and And is winning. So I'm going to go with the Niners in the one seed. Eagles are going to be the two seed. The Vikings will be the three seed. See, you didn't ask me which team I prefer to see win. That's a, That was a different. That was not oh, the question. Uh, that's, what, that's what I'm going for. Well, I I, I hope that's it. It'd be, it'd be good. I mean, Niners are a damn good team, and I got, I have no natural rivalry with them. So they're they're one of the teams aside from the Pats, who if they're on, I usually watch them and pull for them. Um, obviously they're playing the Pats. It's obviously the yeah. Pats, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think a week of rest would do them, but actually, it'd do any of those three teams? Yes, especially the Eagles and Niners with you know Jalen Hurts being banged up. Because without Jalen Hurts, this Eagles team is far, far, far more beatable. Um, he's absolutely been a huge, a huge difference maker on that team. And the Niners have talent all over the place, but a lot of it's banged up. And they could definitely use a, a week to, you know, maybe get, uh, you know, Purdy situated with the game plan going against the, a, a playoff team or uh, Debo healthy. Kittle Debo is usually healthy. banged up. Kittle. Uh, CMC. CMC has been banged up a little bit. Yeah, get, get all those guys a little bit of rest before they make a playoff run. Because if that team can go in with all these guys a little bit more fresh, 49ers could. Very, very, very high probability they'll be in the Super Bowl. All right. I, I'm going to skip the seating for the rest. Um, just stick to the one last spot that's open. Okay. And this is interesting, Chris, because you have three teams on three different paths. I'm going to start with the Packers, you know, perennial favorites in the NFC North. Perennial MVP candidate and Aaron Rodgers. I would say their wide receiver core is kind of 
come into their own a little bit. They're not really running the ball as much as you would think uh, with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. But I like what I see from them. Then you have Seattle, who kind of went all in on a – I don't want to say a rebuild, but they just kind of went all in on a different direction other than Russell Wilson. And they're eight and eight with Geno Smith. Not even the guy they traded for. Geno Smith is starting. Still have DK, still have Tyler. A lot of talent. Eight and eight. And they have the tiebreaker over the other two teams. Then you have the Detroit Lions. No one I, thought I, it. Ahead of time, I'm no pulling for the Lions. It. I'm pulling for the Lions, dude. I am. Uh, come on, man. I can't. I can't. Just, I mean, I like what Seattle's done. It's kind of that that underman mentality that no one expected it. But I got to pull for Detroit. Now, Seattle's got the Rams at 425 tomorrow. And then it's... Sunday night football. Detroit in Green Bay. Ooh. Dude, here's the thing. All right. So, yeah, I know, right? Uh, oh, yeah, the Sunday night game. That's that's something. Um, how, long has it been, how long has it been since you are excited to see uh, the, the Lions in primetime? I know. I know. And keep in mind, this team too had a couple of leads late in the game. They're, they're, it's what people say the Vikings are the, uh, are the uh, worst. Um, I'm trying to look for their record here. Where are they? Four, Where are they now? Three. Oh my. Uh, I can't find the Vikings anywhere. Where the hell are they? Uh, are they did three, disappear like they do in the playoffs? Uh, no, they're number three seed. Yeah, but I can't find them on the schedule here anywhere. Oh, there they are. Just the Bears. Um, so many people say the Vikings are the worst twelve and four team they've ever seen. Uh, I would argue that the Lions are the best eight and eight team I've ever seen. Um, <sighs> last, hey. Thank you, um, man. This is—I mean, look—the the Seahawks can beat the Rams. I know Baker Mayfield adds a little more respectability to that offense, uh, and somebody like Sean McVay knows how to encourage him and use him properly. Uh, and and he he's used to handling big personalities like Jalen Ramsey and and, and others. Uh, so that's not going to be a problem for him. Uh, who knows what this team does going forward, especially if Stafford's injuries can maintain. But that's not what we're talking about. I guess I sidetracked too much caffeine. Um, Seahawks can definitely beat the Rams, depending on which team shows up. We've both seen major inconsistency. And I give them a lot of credit. We thought they were going to be a 3-14 and 14 team, dead in the water without Russell Wilson. And uh, as it turns out... Um, Russell Wilson may, may have been holding that team back the way what we've seen from him in Denver because uh, he just looks completely washed. Uh, and as we've started to learn, a bit of a prima donna, like far more than we all thought he was, or he perceived himself as. Some of us some of us were in on that ahead of time. We, we kind of saw through the Russell Wilson charade. Um, I don't know. Uh, what is – you may have already said it. Sorry if you did. What's what is the scenario breakdown like? Who who has who's in right now? What obviously whoever loses the Green Bay um, Detroit game wouldn't be possible, but no. 
what are those situations like if Seattle is Seattle winning in uh yes yeah they okay. have the tie, they have the tiebreaker over um is it both yes so this 8 820 Sunday night game could be the uh, one of the more exciting games to watch or it could mean absolutely nothing well that's, yeah that's I think odd. it's uh, it looks like Seattle yeah it looks like Seattle wins and that that puts everything to bed. They must not have been able to flex that game because I would have. I would have put Seattle and L.A. on an eight because then you're kind of hanging around waiting to see what happens after Green Bay and Detroit. Then you don't know. Um, yeah. Would have been much more exciting. Maybe they, could, maybe they couldn't flex it out for whatever reason. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't see why. Uh, I don't see why Seattle has the tiebreaker over Green Bay division, maybe. No, they're not the same division. I think it goes to conference, and Detroit and Green Bay have are six and five in conference, and Seattle currently is five and six. That would make it six and six. Someone's going to win the game. Um, it doesn't. On the surface, it doesn't seem like Seattle has the tiebreaker. Huh. I'm assuming somehow they have the tiebreaker over Green Bay. My, my, my personal hope is that um, L.A. beats the Seahawks and uh, the Lions beat the Packers and the Lions get in. That'd be that'd be something. That'd be fun because that's, that's an offense that <sighs> these Lions remind me a lot of like the Jaguars where it's like, yeah, there's a lot of places they can be beaten. But, man, if they get on a roll and they play the right team on the right day, they can put up 45 points real quick and dangerous. Not a team you want to sleep on. So, I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going to go with the Lions, too. Um, I like the Seattle story. I do. Um, but Baker's got something to play for. Don't don't sleep on that if nope. you're out there. Nope. Baker, Baker, his future might be tied to this game because he's – He's shown some promise. He's shown a little, a little gaming, but there are probably teams out there that are still kind of like unsure of of what what he's going to give the uh, a future franchise. And I just, I, I don't. Hey, I, I hey. personally, if I were in the off season, wouldn't look at Baker Mayfield and say, "Oh yeah, I'll give him a." Four-year contract worth X number of dollars. Hell no! no. I said one year. Got to be one year. Prove it. Yeah, I, I'd do something like the Raiders did for the uh, for uh, Marcus Mariota. You know, like two years and decent backup money, but not crazy. But you could put escalators in it to because he. I mean, he's he's played in. Uh, I guess he's played in four games. He's got a sixty-seven percent completion percentage. He's played pretty well. Uh, yeah, I mean. Four touchdowns, one interception. He's been sacked twelve times, a ninety-five quarterback rating. So he's not playing terrible. Hey. It's just the overall team is, and he hasn't had Cooper Cup. If he plays his cards right, he could end yeah. up competing with Derek Carr to see who doesn't lead the Colts to the playoffs next year. Interesting, interesting, Chris. That's yeah. That's that's what he's taking his hat on. So overall, we're looking at. So basically, we I think we've agreed on all three scenarios. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> which means we're probably, Jag, which is probably entirely wrong. 
<laughs> yeah. So if you're out there and you want to criticize us, you can criticize us. But we're going to stick to it. The Jags are going to win the South amazingly. The Pats will back into the playoffs. And the, Di- the Detroit Lions will go into Sunday night football game where the Seattle Seahawks have already, have already lost. And they'll go into Lambeau and beat Slay the Dragon. Because how many times this year has Aaron Rodgers disrespected the Detroit Lions? And the Chicago Bears, for that matter. Uh, every chance he can, because he's an asshole. Um, but, 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 until you do it, until you do it, he does have that hill to, hill to stand on. Didn't the Lions beat them the first time they played them? Yes, they have the tiebreaker. Yeah. But that was in... That was in Detroit. It says something for you to go to Green Bay as the Lions. As the Lions. As the Lions, Chris. If this was the Carolina Panthers or the Buffalo Bills or whatever, it doesn't have as much meaning. But no, 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 no. No, this is a big game for them. This. this, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Let me ask you an honest question. You might have been about to say what I'm about to ask you. <laughs> so, um, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here. I'm not trying to oversell it. But, like, seeing as all this franchise has gone through, and if you've been a long-time listener to the show, you know I named the Lions the worst franchise in American sports history because mm-hmm. of just repeated, repeated failures, bad drafting, bad free agents, not being able to re-sign your own guys. Numerous reasons. Um <clears throat> And you've had such a history of mediocrity and 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 just not coming through in the clutch. And I'm not trying to bag it. I'm 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 getting to something here. I'm not just trying to bag on Lions and Lions fans. Now you have a chance to take a team where you traded Stafford and you got Goff, and everybody thought that was a throwaway pick. You were never going to keep Goff. You were never going to use him. And now Goff has played pretty damn good in Detroit. Honestly, like he hasn't. Any problems they've had have been more on the defensive side. It has not been golfing that offense. Amron St. Brown is, an, is a star already. Not in the making. He's a star already. Some good running backs. Jamal Williams <laughs> has been a maniac this year. DeAndre Swift looks really good. I'm really surprised they traded Hawkinson because I thought that was going to be part of a kind of a bigger core they were trying to build around. But maybe they saw something they, you know, they could do better. I don't know. They did, and it worked out fine for them. They're still winning. But now they have a chance to go into Lambeau Field, the very last game of the year, and not only win a playoff spot, but defeat the Packers and keep them out of the playoffs. Is this the biggest game in the history of the Lions franchise? That was not the, the, the mo- modern. I don't know before Super Bowl times, all that stuff. I'm talking modern Super Bowl era. Yeah. This team hasn't been close a whole lot of times. And now this kind of hodgepodge throwaway team they thought was going to be the case a few years ago where this guy wasn't supposed to be a big draft pick. This guy here, you know, the guys who weren't supposed to be the main guys are coming through. Yep. And the main guys are coming along. And this team's got something in the future. Have they played a bigger game that you can remember? No. Yeah. <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, it's, throw, it's week 18 game in, Detroit, in, in, in Lambeau. Maybe it might be a turning point for their franchise. And I'm going to go a step further, Chris, because this is where I was going to go with it. This game right here might dictate whether or not the Detroit Lions resign and retain Jared Goff. 
Oh yeah. Yep. I think that's, that's going to be the bigger uh, point of contention because this team, it's an interesting team. It, it has a bright future, I think. And I know they have two first round picks coming up in this draft. Thanks to the, thanks to this trade of for for Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff because as we know the Rams have sucked this year. Yeah, not good. And and I'm pretty yeah, they had the I don't know what pick they are right now but you know especially at the Seattle Seahawks which which kind of sucks because if Seattle wins that pick will be a little bit higher, but I'm sure Detroit would either win their game and be in the playoffs and have a few spots higher. That being said, I do think – I think Jared Goff is going to go in this game and, and kind of show the Lions brass what they're going to invest in. I think they resign him. Uh, I don't think – I think his contract's up at the end of this year. Um, of all the guys, a couple years ago, we thought might have a career resurgence. Jerry Goff was not the one. No, and he no, has no, he no. has proved us wrong because we big Vay's puppet the whole nine yards. He can't learn an offense where he's not getting his hand held. He's done it in Detroit. He's done it pretty good for two straight years. He hasn't been the problem there. Um, I have to apologize, Chris. They do not need to resign him. They have him for two more years. So, oh, so wow. this year, okay. this year was going to be the potential out where they were going to be able to dump him. And only have a ten million dollar cap hit, which would be fantastic if they needed to. But I don't think they need to. If you're going to pay a guy for the next two years as your starting quarterback, and you're only going to pay him less than it's just a little over fifty million for the next two years, I think I think that's a that's a check. That's a win for you. Yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? Go get go get a free agent and pay him twenty two instead of Goff, who's already there and knows the system and and yeah. know, has a relationship with the receivers. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'd stick with Goff, which I never thought I'd say two years ago. Now you can take those two first round picks, yours and the Rams. You got you got play. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of play with that. You know, I think you're right on Amonse Brown. I do have concerns about his health each and every week um, just because he's a small guy. Sure. But you can learn how to play, though, a different style and if, if, he, so if he's willing to. Get, you, get yourself a, a big boy. There's a couple of them out coming out there, and I think you can take a little heat off of him. I think why they got rid of Hawkinson, I think he didn't fit the scheme. Makes That's sense. what I think. Yeah, makes sense. Because Hawkinson's more of a pass-receiving well, he can block, but I think he's more pass receiving. So I think that's what they wanted to lean on him for. He probably didn't like that. Be that as it may, we're in this world. And I, th- I think the Detroit Lions, I'm not going to go all in on them because the last team I went on with, with was uh, Arizona. And I don't want to revisit that because I thought they yeah. were on the rise and they're currently – that Red Sea is not rising right now. So. No, no, it is very barren. Um, you said uh, get somebody a big boy to take the heat off. You mean you mean Sam Brown? Yes. Didn't like they a draft a receiver in the first round? They drafted that Williams kid, but he was injured most of the season. Uh, Jameson's a speed. speed oh, okay, guy. he's not a big guy. Yeah, okay. he's a speed yeah. guy. He's not, 
I'm talking like there's in particular, and this is a little sore spot for me in particular, the uh, wide receiver from TCU. He's a big kid. Yeah. He's fast. You can get, you get a hold of him. That's a nice trifecta. It's a nice trifecta right there. I just don't want, I, and, and it's not because I had him on my fantasy team, but because I had him on my fantasy team, I kind of, kind of saw the trends of his health and I just want to see, I want to see him put in a position to succeed and not have to take too many risks because he just Lamar Jackson just gets Sammy with Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Do you, so. I, I, I do have one, uh, I think quick point that we could discuss. I don't want to talk about Jadavian cause I don't think that. No, that's yeah. I do have, um, a question for you What's about that? the when we go into the playoffs. Okay. Is Lamar Jackson the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, supposedly he was going to be back two weeks ago, and then it didn't happen. And now this was supposed to be. Remember the first three weeks of the season? This was Lamar's year. He was going to prove him wrong for not resigning him and this and that. And that. if I'm Lamar, I have to now. I have to pray they franchise tag me. So I can go into next season and play it out. I know it wasn't your question, but um, because all he's proven it would have went there though, Chris. It would have went there. Yeah, all he's proven is it, it, it is that he is injury prone, and mm-hmm. while he is the heart and soul of that team, and he is a fantastic player, uh, are you going to invest long term in him, knowing he might miss half the season every year because of his play style? Um, I'll tell you, if this team doesn't have Lamar, they're one and done. I don't care who they play. You can get by beating the bottom of the barrel teams in these divisions with backup quarterbacks and this and that. If you don't have Lamar, it's not happening. You're not beating a playoff team. The Patriots, if if think that first game the Patriots played the the Ravens, if they didn't have Lamar, the entire game they would have won that. Absolutely, absolutely. It, Lamar was the difference maker, and he always is. So if, they better pray he's on the field. They better hope he's on the field this week. So going into next week, it's not a situation. I haven't looked at his status at all, but they better hope and pray that they have him this week to get in game speed for next week um, because they don't make a run if they don't have him. If they have him, healthy, refreshed, all bets are off. You never know. The Ravens are just as capable as any other team. I don't know, though. If he doesn't come back till next week, I think they get eliminated in the first in, in the first round because he's not going to be up to game speed. It's just not going to happen. I, I think you're right, Chris. Um, I like Huntley. I just don't. Yeah, I don't think it's him. I, I, I don't think he's dynamic enough of a runner for that offense to get what they need out of the quarterback position. This is a Lamar Jackson designed offense, and. As good as Tyler's been, because he's three and two since he's been in, and he had some wins last year when he had to come in. But that's kind of a problem if two years in a row you're having the same issue. And and as I, I don't want to beat on Lamar because I I think he's an excellent quarterback. Oh, as do I, as do uh, I. But there is a truth in. Your running quarterback who wants to pass a little bit more, but you're dynamic because 
You can run. You can make plays. You can change the format of a game, like like you said, against the Patriots. You can win a game because you are Lamar. But that comes with a caveat is that if you're built around Lamar Jackson, and we've said this for years, if you're built around Lamar Jackson, your offense is dictated around Lamar Jackson. If you do not have Lamar Jackson, your offense is not going to go. Exactly. It's not going to be yeah. as sufficient. <laughs> exactly. You are stuck at the – I mean, you – you can go to the number five seed if you're if you're Baltimore, but you have to win, and the Chargers have to lose. But you can't go below the six seed because you're better than all. You have a better record than all three of those teams. Um, but you're going to be staring up at either Kansas City, Buffalo, or Cincinnati. Whoever whatever team that is, you're not going to be favored. And I think your point is correct. If they don't have Lamar, I like Tyler. You're not going to win. Their yeah. offense is not good enough to win this game. They've already they've beaten they did beat Cincinnati. They they lost to Buffalo, and did they face the Chiefs this year? No, Ravens didn't face so. No, they didn't face the Chiefs. I, so. I only say this much, and they, yeah, they beat Cincinnati, but that was. During those early season struggles, they have not beat this Bengals team that has been on an absolute roll. The only team that's been on a longer roll than this than the Bengals has been the 49ers. Right. So they still can. Division games are always a crapshoot. You never know. You can have a you can have a, a eleven and one team leading a division against a one and eleven team, and 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 it's a division game and it's a close game because they know each other so well. So you never know. But this Bengals team is. I, I I very much believe that the Bengals were going to beat the Bills Monday night if that whole game played out. I really believe that. Um, I was kind of hoping the Bills would win. That way they would lock some stuff up and maybe they wouldn't play their starters against the Pats. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, Quite um, that was obviously secondary uh, after what happened. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. It's um, Lamar, it's like his game is like his own worst enemy, man. It is, and and to that point, Chris, the last time, now we can go into the points all we want about, you know, it can be misleading, but here's the reality of the situation. Their highest point total was 17 against the Atlanta Falcons since, since Lamar's been out. It's been 10, 16, 13, 17, and 16, and they're, they're three and two. So they're basically winning because – they're probably most likely they're not turning the ball over mo- uh, in those those wins, and their defense is playing ungodly football. And they beat the Denver Broncos, the Steelers, and the Atlanta Falcons. So, and then they lost to the Steelers, and they lost to the Cleveland Browns, and in total they scored 16 points. So, this this kind of really digs into the offensive structure. Is completely around Lamar Jackson. So if I'm the front office, okay, he doesn't play this weekend. I have to strongly consider not playing him in the playoffs. Yeah. And if you and if you don't play him, you're moving on from him. And all 32 teams are all other 31 teams know that. Yeah. Now, if he does play and you want to get him, but you feel like you're gonna move on from him. This offseason, if he's willing to play in the playoffs and you want to have his stock as high as you can, 
then you play them. And then you go, I think if I'm the Ravens front office, I'm going to this offseason and I'm saying, we're moving on. We're going to franchise tag him, but we're going to call teams and see who's interested and see what kind of package we can get. Because he's not saw he unless you put the Brinks truck in front of him, he ain't signing. No. Unless you give him a guaranteed Deshaun Jackson contract, he is not going to sign. Do I think his talent is worth a Deshaun Jackson level contract? Yes. Yes. Would I give it to him? No. No, <laughs> no we're on the same no. page there. Yeah. I think this I like, podcast would be much more interesting if we disagreed more often, but we just don't usually. <laughs> no, we don't because you're looking at it logically. Yeah. The past two seasons, and I'm th- I think there's one other season before that, where he just isn't – he's not for 16, 17 games. No, and I love Lamar. I've done nothing but defend Lamar, and I'll still do that because I think he's not only a great player but a great kid. Um, But, yeah, if I'm an organization, look at the mistake the Cardinals made. Kyler Murray's never proved he can last an entire season, and they just they just they just put to the detriment of their franchise long term forty million dollars a year in that guy's pocket. Um, you know they re-signed the coach who started out hot and just kind of petered out ever since then. Really hasn't done. They thought he was the next Sean McVay, and he's not even the next. You know, I don't. I have no. I don't even know. But like, he's not. And um, yeah, I. I think the Ravens are smarter than that. Maybe they saw something the entire time we didn't. It's like the Belichick thing with a lot of players. And when they get shipped away and what we think is their prime, and then they just don't have another season like they did with the Pats. There's been very few where that's bit them. Maybe like Chandler Jones, who's gone out and have a great career. Um, but there's not many who have really performed at a high level after they left the Pats. And um, the Ravens, um, you know, they're a perennial contender for a reason. They know how to run a franchise. And I mean, think about it. They've won. <laughs> I mean, they won. Uh, God, who was their quarterback when they won that Super Bowl against the Giants? Who they have? Not, not nobody really, really good. Kerry Collins was it? No, he was the Giants quarterback. Uh oh, Trent Dilfer. I think it was Trent Dilfer was their quarterback when they won. Yes, and it was not an impressive offense, but that defense was just dynamic. So, if you're a Ravens and you've been in the front office, you're a Ravens uh, front office worker. You've been there for a while. You're you're going. You're gonna pay this kid a forty five million a year for. You can go sign somebody else. He's not on the field. He had three really good weeks to start the season, and then he started tapering off, and then he hasn't played in the last month and a half. So you can't gamble your franchise on that. As good as he is, you can't. And, and I would be interested if, if you can get an honest question, an honest answer from any Ravens fan. Would you give him the contract? From what you've seen from Tyler Huntley, in what now is three, th- Chris, he's played all three seasons he's been in the league. Yeah. He's played all, and now, now. Hasn't now played he bad. Only, right. And he didn't, you know, he barely played in 2020. So I'll give him a, barely a cup of coffee then. But he played in seven games last year. And now he's going to play in probably seven games this year. Unless Lamar plays. And. Does he have a great percentage? No, he doesn't. I mean, he's got a good per- completion percentage, not great. And his other stats are not great. And obviously, he's not the runner that Lamar is. But he is the offense is built around Lamar. And maybe Tyler's got a few other 
skill sets that isn't quite, you know, what that offense needs from um, Tyler Huntley. And maybe they can draft a little bit differently because Tyler Huntley is a little different. Um, I'm looking at the stats from college and his last year in college was 19 touchdowns, four interceptions, 73% completion percentage, 3000 yards. And, and he didn't run that much in college, Chris. He, he ran enough to probably keep people honest, maybe, maybe gain some first downs and, and prove that he is mobile enough to make some plays, but it seems like on the surface and I, he played at Utah. So take it for what it's worth. I think you could take, if you could get top value for Lamar and you're calling, let's, let's, you ready? Call up Indianapolis. How desperate, how desperate would they be to get Lamar? Because you know, Jim Irsay would just say, give him money. Oh, he would. I funny. Yeah. I, I, dude, it's so funny how, how we think, right? I was thinking the Colts too, but I was thinking the Colts for Hundley. Because here's the thing. The last couple of years, they brought in Phillip Rivers. We all know what happened there. And then they brought in uh, Carson Wentz, who is a perennial mistake by whoever signs him. And then they brought in Matt Ryan, who has just been washed this year to the point where he was, you know, he was benched for a, a rookie, uh, not a rookie, but a young quarterback who had shown nothing. They continued to when he got in the game. Um, and the Colts keep going for these veterans that that wash out other places they're talking about how they're all oh, they're gonna go after Derek Carr now okay great well he couldn't do it with Devontae Adams what the hell is he gonna do with Michael Pittman Jr right um nothing against Pittman Jr is a fine receiver but he's not Devontae Adams uh and while I don't think pound for pound Josh Jacobs is as good as Jonathan Taylor uh Josh Jacobs is nothing to sneeze at no and when you add in the Ravens the Ravens Raiders had an all-around far more talented offense pound for pound than the Colts had and uh Car couldn't do it there. And they're talking about other veterans. They're like, oh, we'll bring in this guy. We'll bring in that guy. And I know I made a joke before about having Baker compete with uh compete with Carr for the Colts non-playoff job. Um But if I'm them, I, I call up a team like I call up two or three teams and I trade a couple of draft picks and I bring in two or three guys who have performed at a decent level, but they are not proven stars yet. Because Jonathan Taylor needs to be the focal point of that offense. And when you bring in Phillip Rivers and you bring in uh, Carson Wentz and then you bring in Matt Ryan, he's not because they're bringing baggage with them. They're bringing a game plan with them. They're bringing a play style with them that has to adjust to that player. And Jonathan Taylor does not get to be Jonathan Taylor. And yeah, he was banged up this year, but the game plan was not suitable for his running style. Even when he was in, he was not dynamic. He was not the same guy. And we all know how good JT is. We all know. Yes. That's not It's not a doubt. That's not a, oh, he fell off this year. The game plan did not suit him. That's not his fault. And he's going to come out next year, and he's going to kill it. And he's going to kill it with a guy like Brett Hundley under center. The Colts are not going to win the game throwing the ball 300 yards a game. They don't need that from him. What they need is smart play, little mobility, and the ability to find a receiver. And what's up? It's Tyler Huntley. Who's Brett Huntley? Brett Huntley was another quarterback. Uh, okay, so I'm, okay, okay, yeah. I'm thinking of there is a, there is a quarterback with Brett Huntley, but it is okay. not the one you're talking about. <laughs> well, Tyler Huntley. Then. Sorry, like you say Brett a couple of times. Like, uh, yeah, I, I was still, I'm still thinking it was. Oh, dude, I do it all the time. Like when player have a last name, and I won't be too familiar with it. Like for the longest time, the reason I didn't think, uh, um, oh god, 
God, I can't remember his name now. Um, uh, Derek Henry, because I, I, um, I who was it? it was uh, another guy with the last name Henry played for Buffalo. Travis Henry. Travis Henry. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I thought that uh, <laughs> I, I associated that Travis Henry was now in Tennessee, and I'm like. Who cares? He didn't do it in Buffalo. What's he going to do down there? I'm like, no, that's a totally different player. It's okay, totally well, player. that's fine. It's like, there's so many players you remember, you just lose track sometimes. True. Okay, it's Tyler Hundley. Um, yeah, can, can, can do what he has to do and he can improve and he can, he's not bringing a stigma in there because he hasn't had an offense built around him yet. He can build this offense around Taylor with Hundley as an accessory and yeah. it's, Look, if the Ravens decide to go with him, if Lamar walks, I don't think Lamar's going to walk. They're going to they're going to franchise tag Lamar. They're yep. going to see what he has for one more year. And I don't even know if they'd be willing to trade Hundley, but it'd be worth it for a team like the Colts to call up and be like, "Hey, you know, we're in transition here. Even if it's for a year or two, and they want to draft somebody else, go for it." But it'd be a good move. Maybe call Dallas and see what their backup. You played really well when Dak was out, uh, and did make some really good throws with good receivers. I forgot what the kid's name was again. But uh, he played really well when Dak was out to the point where it was like, why even put Dak back in? <laughs> Just let this kid <laughs> keep playing. Um, but obviously, as a franchise, when you give somebody that much money, you don't have that option, um, realistically. So uh, if I were them, I'd say, no, no more Derek Cars, no more, no more guys who washed out somewhere else. Like it, it, it's going to be somebody who we can bring along, who we can develop. Like they try to try to do with Brissett when they got Brissett after um, yeah. uh, Luck, Luck decided to retire. It didn't work out in long, in long term, but at least there's no expectations. It's exciting. You're developing something, and I think that's what that, that team needs. They, need, they, 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 they can't have another washed-up statue quarterback stand back there and throw and go 11 for 27 for 180 yards and three interceptions and then expect Jonathan Taylor to pick up the slack. Right. Like you're going to be 3 and 14 to the end of time if you keep doing that. Yeah, I think I think Jamar is going to win a splashy. And my overall point is that I think the future of Lamar in Baltimore and why I bring it up is cuz there was some chatter going around the internet about Lamar Jackson and whether he can play or He's actually not playing on purpose. Um, what's going to happen in his future is going to be dictated in these two weeks. Yeah. Especially because they're going to end the playoffs, especially mm-hmm. that playoff game. If he's not playing, I think his value on the trade market does go down because then there's no questions about him. And now yeah. this is the second straight year where as great as he's been and he has that MVP year, and he's proven some detractors wrong that he, you know, he should be a running back or he should have been a receiver. Well, he's proven that he's capable at quarterback. But now he needs to to elevate that game to the next level. And he hasn't quite done that. And that's unfortunately for him, it's direct cause and effect is the fact that he his play style, the offense, it just doesn't lend him to play a full no slate of games, especially now with 17 games. Um, I'm just trying to look up the last time. So he's 16, 15, 15, 12, 12. That's not trending the right direction. Now he could come out next year, Chris, and he could go all, all, all 17 games. And I'd be happy for him. 
Oh, me too. I, 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 I like Lamar. I have, I have nothing good things to say about Lamar, except for, like you just said, his play style does not allow him to play a full season normally. It's not trending. It's not trending in the right direction. No. His completion percentage is not trending in the right direction. Uh, his turnover to interception ratio is not trending in the right direction. There's a lot not trending in the right direction. It could, it could be, you know, direct cause and effect. could be the wide receivers, which we will – absolutely go to bat for him that they have not gotten him enough and Hollywood Brown is, was not the answer. A lot of the other players are not the answers. Maybe Rashard Bateman is, but he, <laughs> he's been, he's been in and out all season long. So remember how, how pissy everybody was when, uh, when they traded Hollywood Brown, like he yeah, was the savior I, in, in, in Baltimore. And it's like, and look what he did. He went to a, a team that had more talented receivers around him and he did less and, and, and was barely a factor. Right. And this, like, especially coming out of his mouth where he was happy to go to a place where he could thrive. Yeah. And then he didn't. So I think, again, I, I'll go back to what I said last year and the year before, I think it's, and, and I've heard it from other analysts out there that are, are, Saying this kind of the same thing. It's the onus is on the coaching staff in the front office to supply them with the correct weapons to man- to manufacture this offense. Yep. And when they were hitting on all four cylinders, Lamar was healthy. They had a good running back and a nice backup behind him. And they had a three tight end set where each tight end had their defined roles. Mark Henry, Mark Andrews, I'm sorry. Not Mark Andrews. Uh, 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 there you go. Mark Andrews. There we go. Um, I bet you he could run the ball if I do. No one's tackling that dude. Nobody. Um, um, Hayden Hurst. And then uh, a third guy, and I think he retired, but I can't remember his name. He was more of the blocker. But you had that nice three-skill set tight end, and it really opened up the offense. And you had some, you know, some shot plays from receivers that, you know, oh, play action, full of defense, your guy's wide open, and you hit him. If you go back to that, great. But otherwise, you got to get in the weapons. You got to yeah. give him the guys that yeah. he needs. And if you don't, and if you don't think he can shift his play style to pass a little bit more and run a little bit less, because as he gets older, the legs are going to give out. They just are. And he's not there yet. He's only 25 years old. But Lamar's going to Lamar's going to age real quickly. And, yeah, especially if he's getting hurt. And you have to figure it out. That's why I'm bringing up the point. Huntley seems to stay in the pocket a little bit more. Maybe that's the answer. If it's not, whatever draft picks you, set, you, you know, get from – Trading Lamar, maybe that's the answer there. But I would say uh, this is a pivotal offseason for the Baltimore Ravens because Huntley will go into his fourth season. And you can't franchise Huntley because then you're making him the starting quarterback after next season. So you need to make a decision. And if you're going to go with Lamar, you need to put the correct pieces around him to evolve that offense. Like I've been saying for the past two or three seasons, ever since he won his MVP, you need to evolve the offense more than what it is right now. And if you don't, then you're going to have a repeat of this every year where Lamar is going to, you know, 
maybe he'll go 13 games. Maybe he'll go 14 games, but he's not going to, he's not going to make it through the whole season. And then guess what? He ain't going to be in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Cause that's really, really where you need him fully healthy is in the playoffs. And there's, I mean, there's a reason there, there, there's a reason that and, and look, it's when injuries are a lot to do with it and timing and um, game plan and coaching, but there's a reason that you get, it's called the generational talent once in a generation because everything comes together right. And that's not something that just happens. We had it with Brady. Uh, you had it with guys like Manning. Um, you have it right now with Patrick Mahomes. He's clearly, I mean, no matter what happens, that guy is still top of the league in just about everything. Um, and then you have this every generation, you have your guys you think are going to be there, but they don't end up quite at that level because they're just missing that. Injury-wise, like I said, injury, coaching, any other reason, they're missing that thing that puts them on an upper echelon that Mahomes has. And I think it Mars just going to be in that step below. He's just always going to be a little bit under because you, you can't rely on him injury-wise to play every game. So that's it for me. Are you all set? Or you got anything else this yeah, week? Yeah, I'm all set. All right. That's going to do it for episode 193. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or sports-related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can I get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, bctspod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And I have not updated the website in, in quite some time. So if you go there, uh, yeah, the stuff on there is kind of old. But um, yes. all the links still work. So you can still get in touch with us if you need to. Uh, if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and subscribe. And if you could ask a friend to do the same, we'd appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here in next week. Thank you.